Hey there, this is Jason Bullman. I'm the director of game design at Paizo, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Jessica talk with special guest Mike Shea, aka Sly Flourish, about Open 5e. In the news, Dungeons and Dragons comes back to Gen Con, Pathfinder is coming to mobile devices, D&D 5th edition SRD is translated into four languages and more, plus a brand new sketch about a very odd potion shop. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The Thieves Guild has sponsored today's podcast. The Thieves Guild is your number one destination for the procurement of robbers, burglars, housebreakers, shoplifters, pickpockets, muggers, larcenists, pilferers, poachers, embezzlers, swindlers, crooks, cutpurses, footpads, and lurchers. Just head down to the Clothmakers Guild and ask for a pebble-down mattress, wink twice, and answer fiddle me D when they ask you your name. But don't tell them I sent you. I owe them money. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ And with me this week is... It's me, Jessica from EN Publishing, and I bet everyone is shocked that Peter is not here. So I didn't get as an amazing, hyped-up introduction. But instead, I am going to try and do an amazing, hyped-up introduction, which I feel very anxious about. Because joining us here this week, we have someone who lazily walked into the studio. Little hint, maybe, (laughs) who it could be. We have Mike Shea, a.k.a. Sly Flourish, joining us. Hello. Thank you you guys for having me. This is awesome. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So you're, you're kind of stepping in for Peter this week, and then also later in the show, we're going to be talking about Open5e, which is a project you're involved in, and yes. one that I'm interested in learning more about and possibly becoming involved in to an extent. That'd be awesome. Depending. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really interested in that. But we will get onto that later, because we have got a lot of RPG news to talk about. Well, we have Loads some, it. because it's, it's that area before Gen Con where well, everyone this, is this, waiting... It's actually so, quite a bit, actually. There is some stuff and things, but like I'm very aware it's the pre-Gen Con <laughs> lull because everyone's waiting at Gen Con to share yeah, exciting yeah. news. Well, there's not much product announcements, but there is, there is yes. something I did the other day. So this is kind of like my own news in a way. So I, I was okay. really curious about who the biggest crowdfunding, um, crowdfunding, crowdfunders, crowdfunders, crowdfunders are yeah. um, in the tabletop RPG space. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in, in the board game space, it's easy. It's like Simon and all that sort of stuff right at the top with, like, hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff. But, you know, that's like an order of magnitude bigger than the stuff that we do. So I was I was interested. So I took Kickstarter. And this is just Kickstarter. I haven't looked at... Um, all the other there's, platforms. There's, there's a few of them, and it's loads of work, and I'm lazy. So. <laughs> you <laughs> and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a book for you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is just Kickstarter. So, you know, take, take, take that as you will. And I sort of made a list. And then as I was making the list, I kind of realized that the ones towards the top of the list tended to be, and these are like lifetime um, crowdfunding totals. Okay. So we're talking like tens of millions for some of them. So, um, you know, ever, ever since Kickstarter launched, basically up until now, how much they've raised in total. And um, the ones right at the top of this are basically board game companies 
that have done sort of like 20 odd, 30 odd million dollars on Kickstarter with their board games. And also they made an RPG once. So they kind of sneak onto the list because of that sort of thing. So we've got Steamforge, we've got Monolithic, uh, we've got Mantic um, and things like that. And they're, they're board game companies that have made an RPG, but that's not really what they're known for. But they're right there at the top. So I made kind of two lists. So one was like a position overall, which included those people. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a position where I sort of looked at them and said, okay, is this mainly an RPG company? Yeah. Or is it a board game company that happens to have made an RPG? And so that was kind of a little bit just how I decided it. So you might argue it either way with some of them. But it's really interesting. Like, at the top, if, I, if you look at just the TTRPG stuff... Yeah, who's the top spot? Because um, you look at Steam 4 Games is at the top with, like, $31 million. But they're a, they're a board game company that's made a couple of sort of epic encounter D&D sets as well. Yeah. But most of their stuff is, like, you know, million-dollar um, board gaming yeah. stuff. So if you, if you look at the ones that just really do TTRPGs, obviously at the top we've got Magpie Games with Avatar Legends, and they've done Root well, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I don't think that was a surprise, really. No, about that 10 million. Sense. Yeah, about 10 million overall, mainly just nice. from Avatar Legends. That yeah, did how nine. Much, how much was that? Was that like... Nine point something. Yeah, it was oh, huge. okay. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember I that remember. is like the biggest one. It's, yeah. yeah. But very close behind them, we've got Monty Cook Games yeah. on 9.8 million US dollars. Yeah, is the second biggest. I mean, it is right up, like just like a, a, a few hundred dollars behind Magpie. Nice. It's you know they're they're so so big and they've, also they've done a games, lot, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've, they've run. I'm, I'm, well. I was just looking yeah. up how many Kickstarters they've actually run, and I can't find the answer. Well, they're experts, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they've done a lot. Yeah, Numenera done many, was many. They're one, one of the, of the earliest first three ones, big yeah. ones, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, I think when Numenera came out, it probably was a record breaker because it was like half a million or something at the time. Right. And everyone was like, wow, a tabletop RPG just made half a million on Kickstarter. Because nowadays we just accept that as normal. But back then, that was a time. I mean, it was enough for them yeah. to start the company, right? Like they, well, yeah. I think, I think Monty Cook talked about like it was going to be like a 16 page black and white pamphlet. <laughs> and then and then turned into this multi book. Handwritten and then yeah, mailed handwritten out pamphlet, yeah. right? Xeroxed yeah. at the library. And, yeah, exactly. uh, and then, yeah, ended up being this 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 great big book that they've yeah, uh, yeah. had so much so, success with. Yeah. But it's good. So I went with like the, the top um, sort of 20 or so, and then I stopped because it was taking ages. And as I said, I'm lazy. Yeah, there's I could have gone, um, gone on. But. There's a, so somebody had passed this along, and I thought it was from this post. Uh, there was uh, a, like a tabletop analytics site that actually seems to have everybody, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I that, think that's just Kickstarter again. That one. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just yeah. Kickstarter. And somebody somebody brought it up to me because they're like, "Hey, you're like the 256 top <laughs> Kickstarter," and I was like, "Who's been looking at my books? Right? Like, who has access to my <laughs> spreadsheets?" And like, "Oh, it was from Kickstarter." Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, I I'm on this list as well. Quite yeah. bizarrely, I'm, I'm number fifteen. Yeah. Right, number fifteen. Right, right. Fifteen. TTRPG. Yeah, the fifteenth wow. biggest TTRPG Kickstarter publisher yeah which i thought was pretty cool one and and i'm which is awesome and i'm not taking away from that one of the things that i think is an interesting way of looking at the at, at this particular data though because and you you all well know th- that gross 
gross amount of money does not mean net amount of it's money. It's not profit. It's not <laughs> right. Oh, and, no. and, and we have seen million dollar Kickstarters that end up going bankrupt, right? John Wick was the first million dollar TTRPG Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. they eat their own yeah. tail, right? The, 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 the money ends up circling back around and devouring yeah. you. Yeah, you're going to get it right. The number of people per project, I think, is always the indicator. Like when I'm looking at the success of a particular project or not, mm. I'm always looking at the number of backers. Yeah. As yeah. the key identifier. And and it might be interesting to look at like the amount of money per backer. But I find that to be like yeah. if you're comparing, it's the only way that you can compare apples to oranges and actually have some mm. kind of quantitative measure of, of yeah. you know, how one, well, my, how one um, Kickstarter is doing that. Million other. dollar Kickstarter chart, which is just the ones that have done a million dollars and their TTRPGs. Um, I, I, I do that and I break it down, you know, divide the, work out what the average pledge number is, uh, pledge mm-hmm. level is, and things like that. And it's quite interesting. So to get on that million-dollar Kickstarter chart, you pretty much have to have an average pledge level of around $100. Mm-hmm. If it's lower yeah. than that, you're not getting on there, probably. Right. Right. So that's um, a lot of add-ons, isn't it? That's yeah, you, yeah you've got to have Yeah, it's a big campaign. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, some, some campaign, of them have done yeah. it without doing that. There was a couple. Shadow Dark recently. No, Shadow Dark. Yeah. I, was just, I was just looking at Shadow Dark. They have, their average is more than 100 Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. They, okay. they, so they had thirteen. I'm looking at it right now. They had thirteen thousand two hundred forty nine backers and yeah. made one point three six five million dollars. Right, so okay, okay. quick math in my head tells me that's a, a little bit more than a hundred dollars. Coyote and Crow, I think, did it. That might be yeah. Um, and they literally yeah. just had the game available. You couldn't get like you know. They didn't have minis. And they didn't and t-shirts have t-shirts and minis yeah, yeah. and all, all the other stuff that you normally have on a million dollar Kickstarter. But it's it's really interesting. So I've got I've got the whole list. There. I'm not going to read through it all, but um, we can put a link in the show notes. Yeah, but really. basically we go Magpie, Monty Cook, Richard Thomas, which is Onyx Path, Hitpoint Press, Cobalt Press, Free League twice. They've got two accounts, and if you add them together, that shoots them straight up above. Yeah, Magpie it puts them right up at the top. Yeah, I was about to say I'm surprised Free League wasn't higher, but yeah, they've got they've got. I think accounts. one's okay. I think one's the Swedish stuff and one's the English language stuff. I think because one's Free League and one's Free League. Okay, fair enough. So I think that's how they. I'm not sure that I don't know. I didn't look closely enough. Again, I'm lazy. <laughs> I just listed it how it's yeah. And then we got what well, we've got Matt Matt Colville, Shane Hensley, which is Pinnacle, we got Goodman Games, Ghostfire, Privateer, and then the Diffius, and then we get down to places people like me down at the sort of two point eight million. Which two point eight million? Wow. Where's that yeah. gone? Yeah, right. That, <laughs> that's, that's my point about net profit. <laughs> like, where'd, I, where'd that money go? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm, you know, not quite at the million dollar. I was like 988,000. I'm like, whoa, yeah. where, where's that? <laughs> yeah, where'd that go? Yeah. Right. yeah. Good news is it, it went into books and people's hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but it's just interesting. Shipping is where it went. Yeah, shipping, right. <laughs> uh, if you cannot tell, we've been planning our next Kickstarter and I've been explaining the shipping rates and the profitability yeah. report to Russ. Yeah. He's like, we're, we're right at the so end. We're, and shipping. I'm like, I don't like this. Why no. does it cost us so much more to ship a no. book than it does to make it? I got, I got yeah. suitably yelled at for putting Australian friendly on my Kickstarter that is charging $32 shipping. <laughs> it's wow. like, that, that's yeah. not friendly. All I can say is, trust me, I'm not making a profit. Yeah, right? I mean, like, that's one of the problems we run into so you miss some places off just because the shipping is so high and then someone asks you to add it and you say we can't put it on there because it's so high and if right. we put it on there people start shouting at us yeah right they yell and right, it's, it's not our yell. fault we don't yeah. control the shipping rates right. if we did we if we if we had control over yeah. global shipping rates we wouldn't right. be making rpgs and no. we'd be a lot richer than we are yeah, yeah. 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 the, the <laughs> number wish. of times i have to apologize on behalf yeah. of the global shipping industry 
is too damn high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. we subsidize the costs of shipping, but so the conversations we have is like, how much can we afford yeah. to subsidize this that comes off the top just so yeah, it looks right. reasonable? Right, and there's the right. whole pricing psychology because people would rather pay, you know, twenty twenty five dollars and no shipping than pay twenty dollars and five shipping. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. So it's so it's the whole had... thing that you're looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> this is I why you're feel... this is why you're number twenty four on the list and I'm two hundred and something. <laughs> I have never thought of never even occurred to me to subsidize the price of shipping. <laughs> well, well yeah. Both well, yeah. I learned something today. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't like subsidizing shipping. It's <laughs> right. painful. It's better than apologizing for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. You kind of have to. Anyway, anyway, should we move, yeah. move on, move on, move, move on, move on? So, we okay. to talk about some augmented reality stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah. We talked about this two weeks ago. Yeah. Do you have an update? Now. Yeah. So, Miriscape. You've heard of Miriscape, um, Mike? A little bit. A little bit. Why? How about for the listeners? Why don't you? Uh, oh yeah, of course you know everything. Up on. Know I know everything. It, but I'll, I'll, I'll just, if you would ju- yeah. just for our poor yeah. listeners who might not have been paying yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's um, you know, like Pokemon Go, yes. where you walk around with your phone in front of your face and you can see the Pokemon running around the street. Yes, that, that sort of thing. So it's like that Amazing. for tabletops, and you yes. get an empty table. You look through your phone, and you can see the scenery and the miniatures. And then you can use the app to buy scenery and buy miniatures and basically place them on the table and everyone kind of looks through their phone at this kind of immersive, kind of 3D, pretty environment. Yeah. So that's the basics. Mm -hmm. So the app launched this week. The beta Um, version of it, in fairness. Beta version. And you can can download that for free. Hmm. I think you still have to buy some of the assets. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, there are in-app purchases and it's linked to Hero Forge, Dwarven Forge and... Those yeah. other places. So I assume yeah. if you're using those, you buy the minis and stuff through them, and it comes and buys I guess so. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it looks kind of nifty for me. I can't walk around holding a phone up in front of me. That's too cumbersome. It's too heavy at the moment. It's too heavy, and I'm have too you, weak. Have you yes. tried it? <laughs> I mean, I, not have you tried holding a phone, but have you have you tried like actually using <laughs> it like as an augmented reality thing around the table? I'm just curious. Um, I've I booted up. I already downloaded the app like yesterday, the day before. I booted it up and tried it a little bit on the table and fiddled for a moment, um, but only for like a couple of minutes. So I haven't gotcha. had a chance to really dive into it. I really like the concept because I think yeah. it's really great. If like you don't want to spend a bunch of money on terrains, and also if you live in a small place and you physically don't have the space to store loads of yeah. different terrains and stuff, yeah. I think it's a really nice idea. Or you could just go to your friend's house and you take, you know, your app or your phone, and it's it's there, mm. it's done. But yeah, I think that holding up a tablet or a phone would get tiring after a while, yeah, even if I you're think... super more hench than Russ. You know, <laughs> but this, this is, is you want kind of Google Glasses, and I know yeah, everyone yeah. made fun of those, yeah. but you almost want, you know. Yeah, I think it's like two or three years away before this sort of stuff hits. Well, they're, they're like Apple's making like a yeah, right, the, the kind of fairly sort of ski masky and augmented set, reality right? sort of glasses. Yeah, yeah, but it's when they're actually glasses, like lightweight enough as glasses, not a great big thing that you're strapping to your head. Right. I think that's when it's gonna Kick work off. for me. I yeah. think. That makes sense. I'm just looking forward. To, I've been watching a bit of Star Trek recently, and I just want a full-on holodeck because I'm watching that and I'm like, oh man, that's we all, That's we what all I can't that. wait for. I hope I live to see that. Um, <laughs> if, can, I, can, I, can I share a, a thing that I did that's almost related this a little bit? So there was, yeah. I think, right around COVID times, the folks at Dwarven, so I'm a Dwarven Forge 
addict to on top mm-hmm. of my other many problems. I kind of like, I want to be, but it's expensive. And yeah, I'm not sure well, I get use out of it. That's then you're not an addict, and then you don't need to worry. <laughs> so <laughs> I got my, you know, I got into it many years ago, and I've been back in their Kickstarters and everything. I said yeah. I love this stuff, but then COVID hit, and I was like, I, I have all this awesome Dwarven Forge stuff that I want to use in my games, and I can't mm-hmm. use it because my mm-hmm. friends we're all playing remote. Like we switched to completely yeah. remote play. And Dwarven Forge was partnering with a group where they had some kind of setup where you could you could aim your camera at a tabletop display and it was sort of a, you know, a virtual, virtual tabletop where like yeah. it was an actual tabletop that other people could move could, tokens around and do yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I was like, it's kind of neat, but like I had to set up a camera, I had to do all this stuff. And I was like, what if I just took a picture and put that in a VTT? And so I started taking these isometric sort of angled pictures of my Dwarven Forge setups and then putting them in Owlbear Rodeo. And you could just move your tokens around. And even though it's isometric and everyone's like, ah, but it doesn't support the grid. It works really well. If you turn off snap to grid and you turn off the grid layout and you just move little tokens around, I've run it with my players and they're like, yeah, this feels like we're playing on a Dwarven Forge setup. So it was like I could set up these Dwarven Forge setups and I could throw them in Owlbear Rodeo and I could share them with my, my group. And I like this idea enough that I was like, I kind of want to do this for other people too. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is okay, but I kind of don't want to make enemies out of my good friends at Dwarven Forge by like making this openly available to people. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked him, I'm like, is it okay if I take pictures of my Dwarven Forge apps and kind of give them to folks? And they're like, yeah, that we'd like, like, we'd love to do that ourselves. We're just too busy. So I said, okay. And so now, and, and I'm not trying to pimp my Patreon, but I make them available. Right. What I do is I take pictures of them every time I'm doing them for my table. Yeah. I put a backdrop, I make it transparent, and then I make them available to patrons so they can take those Dwarven Forge backdrops and drop That's them into cool. their virtual tabletops without having to Spend a mint on that Dwarven Forge stuff. It's a really cool idea. And you it feels a lot the, like that augmented reality without having to hold your phone. Do you still just use the 2D um, circular tokens? or do Yeah, you... yeah. we just use any token. Yeah, so like you'd think it would be it, it, like break cognitive dissidence. But when you try it, it really doesn't matter. Like the, you know, round tokens with an isometric map, it, it doesn't really. I thought instead of uploading those, can you, can you upload tokens that are more Isometric themselves. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done it. Yeah, but you—I I think you certainly can. Yeah, I've—I've I've just stuck to round tokens. I—I I tend to f- fix it. Well, I just recently—I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I recently found a company that put out like 300 really good free tokens for a book called *The Monstrous Menagerie*. Are you aware of this at all? I don't know if you know uh, these people. I, it's a terrible, terrible business terrible plan. Book, I don't like know terrible, why anybody would release people. so many yeah, awesome tokens awful, for for awful. free. Yeah. But anyway, like those tokens are fantastic on this, right? The and I'm kidding, of course. The level up five e monstrous menagerie <laughs> tokens that are available for free on Drive RPG, and they're fantastic. And they're great tokens for using around on these maps. Yeah. So you, you could, like, I, I bet you, you could make little tokens that are that kind of sit a little better. Um, and I've definitely had people who are like, I, I want a top view because they like they they're really fixated on the grid. But but I've run multiple yeah. games this way, and it's really fun. I might try that on Thursday, my Thursday night game. I might, I might just try it with one encounter and just see how it goes. Yeah, give it a shot. But that, that does sound like that would be really cool. Yeah, thing is, cool. I don't have all the stuff. Well, I just sent you a link the, the with link's these <laughs> oh, there is that. pictures. So you, yeah. <laughs> you have a, a, you know, a few dozen different little rooms you could choose There's from. There's a lot wow. there that you There is a lot there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, the way I've been doing it is yeah. every time I run a game. Now, so now my, I have groups that are playing back in person again. And yeah. whenever I set up a Dwarven Forge thing, I put a white backdrop behind it and I take a picture of the room. And then and then Apple now has really great ways to very quickly Just make take it out a, the background. Yeah, yeah. take yeah. out the background. Yeah. And then I throw it up. I have a little app on my phone and I send it right to it. And then patrons of, of me can immediately use it in there. So it's been That's this really awesome. nice workflow. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Jess, I've been talking a lot. Do you want to do a news? Shall I do a news? A news. 
Yeah, I can do news. So, a news. Uh, this isn't the news thing. The Gen Con is happening soon. So it's no. like, is it this weekend it starts or next week? Next oh, week. It's next. It's, it's this coming week, week, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. So it's next week. It's people listening to next it, it might be yeah. this this week. Anyway, it's the first weekend in August. But if they're listening to it in two weeks, then it'll be last week. Then it'll be in the past. <laughs> I can't control when people <laughs> listen so to con- this. I'm um, confused. Anyway, the first weekend of August and days around that Gen Con yes. is happening. So first of all, that in itself could be some news for people. Um, so obviously Gen Con is massive, but the news is that Wizards of the Coast is uh, attending Gen Con. And Which they haven't done for ages. Correct. And they've been doing that at a few other conventions as well. I think they went to Origins mm. and there was talk about them going to the UK Games Expo. They did have a presence there because yeah. one person from Wizards came to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I think it was the UK division because it was definitely a British person, not a not a um, not an American person. But they did Thank have eight persons there of some kind. We wouldn't want Americans on our stand. That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> no, <I'm> joking. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think I think this is their response, like because to wanting to be more involved in the community, following the OGL situation, they want to be more engaged with you know that level of dedicated mm. fan base but they're doing loads of stuff at gen con so they've got um a Dungeons and dragons store uh, in the hall that's booth 2801 if you're going to gen con mm-hmm. they're doing eventually organized play things they've got they're doing showings of the D movie as well and got popcorn there they've got a food truck which they call wizards of the cones and it's got ice cream which are different flavors inspired <laughs> by D things right i wonder what flavors i don't know if there's like a yeah, I guess they got creative with it. Uh, they got live shows uh, out of like the new things they do because that you know, Wizards of the Coast said they got they're doing that new streaming uh, platform and those mm. new shows like Purple Worm, Kill Kill, and oh yeah, 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 D&D. yeah, yeah, all yeah. those things. And they got their cooking yeah. show and stuff. They're doing some shows of that as well, and they're doing like a big actual play adventure with Brendan Lee Mulligan as the uh, DM, and you know, loads of awesome people on there as well you know like got uh, Gabe Hicks and Jeremy Crawford and loads of different like people doing mm. actual play stuff so it looks like they're really trying to get involved with the community and do stuff really well, I think they need to because they've kind of been you know how long is it since they were regularly doing conventions several years now I think yeah it's been a while and they kind of bounced between Gen Con and Origins for a little bit they they, they had a kind of a bigger presence and then they Origins. stopped doing the big yeah. ones didn't they and then they they go to some of the smaller ones, but would miss the big ones or something. I can't right. remember exactly. Well, the cost got really high. So, like, and then yeah. I remember I actually happened to be lurking around a bunch of the folks that were managing Wizards' a presence at conventions. This must have been six or seven years ago, mm. and they were at Origins, and they're like, "Why the hell are we even doing Gen Con? Like, this is so much better and so much cheaper." <laughs> yeah. So, so they said, done... that was that was I think yeah early five. We, we had a kind of weird similar experience over here because there's two mm. main conventions over here, UK. Games Expo and Dragon, um, uh, Dragon, what's it called again? Dragon Meat. Is Dragon Meat. And UK Games Expo is 10 times the size of Dragon Meat. Yeah. But we do better at Dragon Meat yeah, than we do at right. UK Games Expo. Sure. Yeah. But in, yeah. Which in is tennis, kind of weird. It makes yeah. sense because Dragon Meat is focused TTRPGs and there are some board games there, whereas UK Games Expo is mostly board games and there are, and some, there are some TTRPGs, TTRPGs there. Yeah. So yeah. most yeah. people wandering around the halls might not be an RPG player. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Origins, but, yeah, the, the post, the post, the you know, post apocalypse, post uh, COVID um, situation of, conv- <laughs> yeah, it feels like it sometimes. It's almost the same. Yeah. The fo- you know, that, that uh, I had a, a friend who was, had a dealer, you know, a dealer spot at Origins. 
and said like you know i could walk down the aisles with my arms outstretched and not touch anybody <laughs> and wow. said like it was really he goes well, i don't know if it was worth it it was it was cheaper but i don't think we got near the people that were interested in this yeah yeah so we're hoping i'm hoping that gen con and it sounds like it is like again all the hotels are sold out immediately and, yeah uh, you know lots yeah, of events I mean, so it'll probably, it sounds like it's going to be pretty big. Yeah. UK Games Expo yeah. was, so I expect it will. Yeah, it, I mean, the costs add up because you have people there and you need to look after them when they're there and like the accommodation and it just, yeah. Well, it's it costs expensive. us thousands and we're tiny. Yeah. yeah. It must cost Wizards of the Coast 10 times, no, yeah. more than 10 yeah. times, you know. Well, yeah. and flying everybody out. They got to fly a ton of people out there. Yeah, so I get why they didn't have a huge presence because if you can get away with not doing it, you would save so much money because it's like a yeah. PR thing, then you don't get a guaranteed return yeah. on investment for it mm. so and that is when wizards kind of switched over to hosting their own events right they had sort of the big west coast mm. yeah you know, b- big yeah. west coast events the descent into avernus one and the Waterdeep dragon heist one and i think they found those especially with streaming those online to summarize gen con is happening august 3rd to 6th and wizards of the coast are going to be there doing a lot of stuff which yes. is relevant because they haven't done the it news. for a while All right. that was the news bulletin i was trying to get out all right would you like to do some news about Gary Gygax? I mean, sure. to be honest, there's not a lot of new news about Gary Gygax. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't want to be rude, but it's like, and this just in, Gary Gygax is still dead. Yeah, I was, but that's, I was thinking, That sounds crass, I apologize. I'm, I'm not sure how much he's been up to recently, but... <laughs> well, it was his birthday yesterday, right? So the 27th of July was his birthday. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Lake Geneva, in Wisconsin, not Switzerland... Not that late, Geneva, um, which is where TSR was founded. There is now a park bench, which was yesterday. I think yesterday was the 27th. Yep, that was yesterday. Yes. Yesterday yep. as of this recording. Yeah. Yep. Was dedicated in the memory of Gary Gygax. Uh, there was a little ceremony held basically on his birthday, Thursday, the July the 7th. And some Gygax family members were there, friends, some former TSR employees, people like that. Also, the mayor of Lake Geneva was there. Of course. Uh, who issued a proclamation. Oh. Um, I've got a, a photo of it. Um, uh, Gail Gygax, uh, Gary Gygax's wife. I was about to say Gary Gygax's late wife. That's the wrong way around. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. The late yes. Gary Gygax's wife. The late Gary Gygax's wife is what <laughs> yes. I meant to say. Widow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Widow, that's the word I meant to say, yes. Yeah. Um, posted a picture of it. Um, it's a proclamation basically announcing Gary Gygax Day as being Thursday the 27th of July. Cool. Officially in Lake Geneva. I don't think, I don't think, um, she has the power to announce it beyond those borders, but certainly in that town, it is Gary Gygax Day on the 27th of July. More news, more news. What have we got? We have got Paizo and Tabletop Town. Yeah. So can Paizo, you tell me more about this? Cause I read a little bit about it, but I didn't, I didn't have I details. Try. Please tell try. me. Well, for our well, listeners. Well, Jessica. So Paizo is no, a, uh, ta- a tabletop, <laughs> a table, a tabletop gaming company that makes uh, role playing games. And okay. role playing games are a type of storytelling game where you <laughs> yeah. roll dice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Who wins and loses? <laughs> so Tabletop Town, as far as I can make out, bear in mind, I've not tried this and I've done a cursory amount of research. Okay. By which I mean not much. It kind of feels a little bit to me just from what it looks like, kind of like WhatsApp with character sheets and dice rollers built in. Okay. So basically, <laughs> you play via a mobile device mm-hmm. with a chat interface, and it's got some virtual tabletop elements to it, but not the actual graphical virtual tabletop, but you know, the character sheets and the dice roller and things like that kind of built into it. And then you basically kind of play by text, basically. Okay, so it's like when people used to play role-playing games on forums or on Discord and stuff, yeah, and you just jump yeah. in when you got the free time. 
Yeah, because the idea is for asynchronous play, so it's when people can't okay. get together. Hmm. So never, you can play like that. I've never played a game that style. Has Russ, Mike, have you played? No, no I no. mean a little, yeah. just tiny little bits of text-based over Discord. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I, I think this could, like, if we think about where, I mean, sorry, pontificating, but like, I guess that's what we do here, right? That yeah. the whoever can crack like really good, fast mobile play of tabletop role-playing games on a phone is going to make a mint because it just doesn't really exist. There's no real great way. I mean, there's a few apps and stuff like that, but there's yeah. no great way for you to like join a game, play a game, you know, and you know, we look at like how mobile games operate and I'm not sure exactly that I want my role-playing games to operate like Mm. typical yeah, mobile sure. games. but one thing they do is like you can get in and out quickly you can find you know the that ability to find a group quickly would be awesome that think, yeah, the ability to fit is, in the spaces that you have in your life i think can, the problem is yeah. your phone's got to do multiple things at the same time so not only does it have to display the battle map it also has to give you the video chat or whatever and the dice rolls and it's all on a very tiny screen so that does make does it kind it, of does awkward. it does it need a battle map does it have to be video <laughs> chat as well i suppose not but then at that point Aren't you just having like a FaceTime call? Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some people play online TTRPGs and they don't don't have their cameras on; they just do audio. Right. Yeah. Thing, well, that's just a phone call then. In that case. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and I'm playing at a table is just a conversation. Like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> but no, I think it's interesting because I, I, what you were saying about making it accessible. If you think about um, World of Warcraft, people that were addicted to that, hey, mm-hmm. when they did the Dungeon Finder, that was amazing because you yeah, could just jump right. in at any point. Because before you had to organize yeah. when to get there, you had to physically go there, which is you know yeah. sometimes terrible. And then, but then with Dungeon Finder, you just click the button with your roll, and you'd wait a few minutes, and boom, you're in. Unless you're a healer, yeah, you're and then it dungeon, was like two yeah. seconds, yeah. and then you're doing the dungeon. You are, yeah, yeah. So no, I agree. So yeah, if you had something like that for D and D, and you could even specify by class as well, so people could even say, "I I want to GM something quickly," or "I want to oh, someone's I like know. I'm bringing I think my I, rogue." Like slightly more of a vetting process before I realised who I was GMing for. I mean, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> would as well. Like I I'm quite specific about who I have at my table yeah. as a GM and about yeah. and about what tables I sit at now as well. Because my first, well, my first, you know, some people some people might not care so much. So well. Yeah, I think we true. I think we all know that's true. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but 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 the idea that you could do that, or you could maybe you have a an approved list of friends or something, or yeah, because you, yeah, you that's have what that you do. Yeah. Other, other online games. Like if you play online with somebody and you get on, you, you could make it like a social network, and... couldn't you? I suppose so. You could have who you friended with, yeah, and only people you friended with can join your games. You so could, yeah, at least you, yeah, there's probably solutions for all of this. Yeah. But yeah, certainly. I don't have the ability to build it, so someone else listening. Yeah, I just, I just think, I, right? I don't, I don't know exactly what the, even what the barrier is or how to break it. But whoever does, like finding mm. a group and putting a group together and scheduling is still the hardest part of role playing games. Like, you know what it's going to be for me, and, and whoever manages to crack that is really going to. It's when it's the glasses, do well. and you've got really good avatars of other people. So I can just sit here now, put the glasses on, and it will be like I'm sitting around a table with some other people. And there's really good avatars of those people there, so it looks like people, not cartoons. Right. So it feels real. And the table has a, um, like, this uh, augmented reality kind of, but it's VR, mm-hmm. kind of set up in the middle. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, 
I mean, I play a lot of theater of the mind games where we don't have cameras on. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we just, we do just talk, but we, yeah. and you know, we roll dice at our physical table. Cause it's like, it's yeah, actually, I mean, that's it's actually faster my, to just roll dice at yeah, your table. That's than what I do in my games. Yeah. I just have a box of dice. Yeah, and so we don't really need much, but I think it's the, to me that it's the scheduling and the coordination. And like you said, finding the right group, mm-hmm. fi- you know, making it so that GMs can put games together easily and quickly, mm. but get players that are not going to be you know weird yeah or whatever yeah it needs to be it needs to be a social network yeah. with like yeah. good privacy tools and good sort of yeah that, ways that, that you that, can yeah that cracking of the maybe it's like a west marches style where like it's always going and dms yeah. are rotating between who's running but the game is constant you know like an mmo wow. only it's all human driven it's massive and yeah. it's got like six million players yeah. across the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are more and more sites that are like designed to get you to meet up with players like i think it's like start yeah. playing games start playing um, games yep. yep yeah that's a, yeah, I've had a, a lot of friends thing that with that had, so. had, had good success with it i'm yeah. seeing loads of marketing on that on like facebook and tiktok mm. yeah. and twitter and yeah. stuff so it's yeah it's because well, like roll 20 do that as well don't they don't they have uh, they have a good lg yeah they have, they have they have good they have they seem to have i don't know if it's functions or forums but they seem to have a good place where you can kind of go yeah advertise, your, it, advertise your games and get players to join in and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. i think I the inherent it, but... the inherent difficulty is just like you say sometimes if you join a random table you don't know if it's going to be a good experience or not because you don't because right. it's a social experience and yeah, yeah. if you, you you're taking a risk when you play games yeah. with new people i suppose it's kind of a little bit like convention play though you sign up for a game you yeah. don't really know who you're going to be playing with we've all had yeah. a terrible con game haven't we oh i'm, I'm probably the <laughs> well, one that people actually. are like man i wish i hadn't played with that guy but like <laughs> no i've been lucky I there's also had, it, it, we also have that you know I, it, what's the i don't know am i allowed to i'm going to say it and you guys can censor me are we allowed to say the word dickwad the internet dickwad theory that yeah, like you know a non anonymity plus the internet equals dickwads Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a bit of that where, like, in person, it's a lot less likely somebody's going to just start spouting racist Nazi stuff well, at your it physical. It, it, well, <laughs> as, yeah. we, as every year we yeah, hear now, about someone's on that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. At some convention every year it'll happen. It's usually a little less <laughs> than yeah. online where people have no repercussions. Uh. For doing ter- for behaving terribly online, you would, yeah. you would think that, Mike. But some people are very comfortable meeting misogynistic in person at tables. Per- as well. I, 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 yeah. I imagine that's true. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, I, I concur. What other news? Oh, I, I have a piece of news I can tell you about Go on. related to Paizoe things because Paizo said many things. Uh, mm-hmm. Pathfinder Loremasters. Mm. So it's Paizo- not a trivia game thing. Yes. So Paizo okay. signed a deal with uh, Lawmaster Studios to create Pathfinder Lawmasters. Law so it's a trivia game going over the rules and law of Pathfinder. So if you have that person at your table that knows absolutely everything, this is the game for them, I guess. Hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. I, this wouldn't be my idea of fun because I never know the rules <laughs> to any game I'm ever playing. And so I would just score zero on this, especially yeah. Pathfinder, which I played one little campaign of um it was fun but like i don't know everything at well, all. what sort of questions is it then i mean like rules questions what sort of rules questions just like how many hit dice does a bailor have or something or what, what? testing your knowledge <laughs> of pathfinders rules and uh lore. explain the grappling rules in detail i don't know is it I mean, <laughs> how, how, many, that... how many actions does it take to raise a shield <laughs> yeah well, it could be things like it, I don't actually know because they haven't made it yet. They just signed the deal. Right. But um, you can pre-order the app. But I guess it would be things like, oh, this... I, I can't think of any now. But in the in D&D, <laughs> for example, you know, someone... The questions I guess people ask at the table, like... oh, How much they, damage does a longsword do? Yeah. Maybe is something it, like that. Is this spell concentration or not? Or you, you know, stuff like that, like, I, I guess. Hmm. But it's also law questions. So it'd be like, who was the seventh king of... I don't, I don't know. I don't know Pathfinder that well, but... 
It's a trivia game about Pathfinder. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're going you gonna to play it, Mike? Doing... Is that for you? <laughs> uh, probably not. I think I've got other... Okay. I've got other yeah. ways to spend my time. But Pisa, Pisa said they, they announced a board game last week we talked about, didn't we? Like it had like hex tiles of colours it had to match or something. Elemental stones. Was it something like that? Yeah. Well, they, Pathfinder have released are releasing a game called Elemental Stones, so right, okay. that would make sense. Yeah. So they're doing quite a bit of that, but it's not like what we were saying last week. It's not the first time for them. They've done a card game before. I love they've that card game. They've done novels before, and you yeah. know they've done loads of stuff that's not RPGs before. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not it's not sort of new ground for them. I just thought it was interesting because it was funny because there are I know there's some people get a huge enjoyment out of knowing all the rules. Like every game mm. table and game group I've had, there's that one person that knows everything. Yeah. So anytime you are like, oh, like how much damage does this item do? They're like, it's this. And, yeah, but it's such a um, useful person to have at the table. I love having someone like that at the yeah. table because I can just ask them and I don't have to look stuff up. Yeah. Because I'm never that person, so I love yeah, having. I, that's my friend Steph, D and D five E on my table. She knows just. Mm. literally everything i don't know how but yeah. she does yeah yeah what was i gonna say about didn't we mention that paizo are closing their offices yeah i, oh. I don't know if you guys Which mentioned it but I, <laughs> I saw that news yeah yeah so they're in renton washington mm-hmm. which is not far from wizards of the coast right mm-hmm. as a lot of those companies are they're all in the same sort of area because they're all kind of wizards and tsr spin-offs aren't they mm-hmm. but um they're closing their offices because so many of their employees are now working Remote, Remote, yeah. And I guess that saves them a ton of money. But it's kind of weird to think like the second largest RPG publisher in the world now doesn't have a physical office. Yeah. Well, we don't. That just feels weird to me. Yeah, but we're not the second largest RPG company in the world, are we? We're like the second smallest. No. Well, we're 15th (laughs) on the list, did you say? Yeah. (laughs) Well, like Cobalt Press doesn't, right? Like, the, you know, I think, I I mean, if you go down that list that you were talking about earlier, Mm. seeing which ones have offices. Like, I think Ghostfire has offices. Yeah. Well, Monty Cook Games doesn't. You know, I'm pretty sure Cobalt Press doesn't have offices. Yeah, Monty Cook MCDM does have offices, but they also Mm. have people working remote. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to see like which ones which ones have have. But yeah, you're right. Like I mean, I, you know, again, I'm only 250 whatever on the list. You know, my office is here in the basement with a cat litter. Right. Like yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay for an office. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at my office right now, Mike. This yeah. Right. A room in my house. You know. That's it. Right. Shall we do some more news? Is there any more news? Or have we done all the news? If you like running in shadow, I have. Oh, there is. There is more news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is shadow run news. So they've released the runner resource book for Shadowrun 6th World Edition. This is how I know you're reading Daryl's News Digest. Every time you get to the Shadowrun bit. <laughs> it is. Well, I, just, I was scrolling through to check we hadn't missed anything. And yeah, so the Shadowrun shoots straight. So yeah, it's, it's a new Shadowrun book so that's talking about freelance corporate espionage and uh, rules and advice on stealth. And yeah, so it's like a heisty kind of running a con or doing con, you know, managing context, law enforcement, dodging and stuff like that. So more Shadowrun goodness if you're into Shadowrun. I always feel like Shadowrun is something I should be into, but just never got round to. Because I feel like the idea of it... a lot of games. I kind of like the sound of it. And I've got at least two editions of Shadowrun up on the, <laughs> on the shelves behind me. And I think I may have played one... I mean, yeah, Daryl actually ran a game for us on the podcast once. Me and Peter, like, years ago. Three years ago, four years ago or something. All right. I think that might be the only Shadowrun game I've ever played, though. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I think Daryl is the think, person to run a Shadowrun yeah, yeah, game for you, yeah. though, because they, they just know everything about it. So yeah, you're in good hands there. Finding the time, isn't it? And finding, yeah. yeah. I've yeah, also not yeah. tried Shadowrun, and I think I think I'd enjoy it as well. 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my other bit of news. Just talking about Shadowruns, so that right. new book, uh, Shoot Straight, is released and available right. on Drive. I've got one RPG. last bit of news then. Okay. What's the uh, Giants book called? I keep forgetting its name. Big Bees, something, something, book of something big boys. Giants. But Big Bees bumper book of big boys. That's I think, the one. Yeah. The, uh, big Bees. Big B presents. Big B presents Glory of the Giants. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do the actual names. No problem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You think this is a new uh, show or something? God. So, rumor is it has giant chickens. I did, did you, have you guys heard at all about the geese? 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 geese I'm sorry. Geese. No, it was the abyssal <laughs> totally chickens. Different thing. Totally I got the different chickens thing. from Descendant <laughs> Avernus. I am not interested in this book generally, but like the goose. But the geese, ge- the geese, like, geese are going to bring geese in. This is what has made me interested. <laughs> have you even talked to You've got to make sure there's a giant goose in Monstrous Menagerie 2. That's what you're going to do. You're going to take I've, that as a personal project and make sure it happens. I've actually spoken to Paul Hughes about this and something may be happening nice. with Monsters <laughs> 2. I'm not an RPG writer, but if I'm going to create a, something... I have a monster in Monsters Menagerie 2. It's going, to be, it's going to be a giant goose. No, mine is Yeah, I was about goose. to like throw hands. I was like, because the goose is mine, Mike, as long as yeah. it's not a goose. That's, a, that's all yours. You it's not your... even going to be a magic goose. It's just going to be like a goose. <laughs> just a regular how, goose. How, how, how giant is it? No, it's not me giant. No, it's just, no. It's, it's just a goose? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a regular goose. A regular-sized goose. It's still Mike, 16 have... hit dice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mike, have you been chased by a goose? Have you had an encounter with a goose? I've had very angry Canadian geese yeah. uh, that have hissed at me. Okay. But I, they haven't chased me. Okay. But I'm afraid of them. I'm suitably afraid of them, yes. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you have a healthy yeah. respect. Are they scarier than swans? I've seen an angry swan. It's a and similar level. Yes, yeah. it's that level. Mm. Yeah. I was anyway. chased. I was chased by geese when I was like five, and I'm I'm only five foot as an adult, so you can imagine how tiny I was then. So I, maybe that had more of an impact than I thought. Looking back, well, the geese probably towered above you at that age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Anyway, enough about anyway. geese. What yes. were you saying big about bees, big, big bees bumper book, book of big boys? Yeah. So Wizards have been doing these videos, and we covered a couple of them last week. Because mm-hmm. I transcribed a couple of them last week, and now there's like another five of them, and I've kind of stopped transcribing them because they're sort of like 20 minutes each, and you add them all together, and it's like two hours worth of videos, and transcribing them takes five times as long. So that's, it would take me 10 hours to transcribe them all, so I just stopped. Okay. I wish I wish so much news didn't come out in video format. It's just not a convenient format for me. But still, I have absorbed some of the information. Though. Okay. Okay. So this is the really this is the too long didn't read too long didn't watch quick version. So, we've got five, five videos. The first one is about magic items in Big B's Bumper Book of Big Boys. We have, I'm just going to like the key points, we've got giant rune-powered firearms like the Sunlight Gatling Gun and the Thunderbus. <laughs> Sounds kind of cool. Okay. Um, the, there are three artifacts. So tell us about two of them. One is the Axe of Anam, and Anam, I believe, is a giant god. A god of that, giants. That not, would not, make... a, not, a, not a god that is giant. They probably of are giants. quite big, though. But it's also giant, yes. Mm-hmm. A god of giants that is also giant. And Big B's Beneficent Bracelet. Um, stuff about the stuff you'd find in a giant's bag. And also, they tell us what that bag jelly thing is that we were so confused about. Yeah, what is that? I now tell know me about bag what jelly. bag jelly is. Tell, can you, what can you enlighten me? Is. If you leave food in a giant's bag for too long, it comes to life. Oh. And that's bag jelly. <laughs> so like a gelatinous ooze type thing. Yes, of rotten food, I guess. Oh, that sounds nice. I used to find life forms like that back in yeah. high school. Yeah. 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 Case you back to student days in your fridge. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's these gauntlets that giants wear. So basically, giants are like as big as dra- dragons, but dragons can fly. 
So giants find it really hard to punch the dragons. So they've made these gauntlets that makes them able to punch them at range. <laughs> and they wear these gauntlets and then they punch dragons at a distance. That does sounds, it big, okay, that sounds Does so it have cool. a big spring behind your hand in the <laughs> Yes, there's a dying. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit like Inspector Gadget, like go go. <laughs> right, go exactly. Yeah. There ought to be a giant's belt of human strength. Yes, right. <laughs> like it's a huge, huge, huge <laughs> belt. And it just makes them as strong as but a when human. you put it on, you just have normal strength. <laughs> like a like a twelve. You have like a Oh, I so want that now. If that's not in that book, I'm going to be disappointed. We'll put it in Monster Menagerie too, don't worry. Yes, there you so go. we shall. Slide yeah. that in. Um, right, we've got a video on backgrounds and feats. And the two mm-hmm. backgrounds are Giant Foundling and the Rune Carver. And the feet is, there's a feat they talk about called Strike of the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the giants stop working because they don't like their right. writing contracts. Yeah, they don't like getting taken over by AI. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm guess, I, I can't think of anything else that could possibly be. I will right. support that, yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, we've got uh, a subclass, Path of the Giants, which is a barbarian subclass. You grow to giant size, you infuse weapons with elemental energy, and you can throw big things. Nice. Yeah, we've got a video on how to run a giant, and I didn't bother watching it. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> but if you are interested, we can link that in. So I'll okay. let you imagine what's in that one. Wait, is, is that like as a GM, like how to roleplay an NPC? I'm assuming so, yeah, okay. yeah. I assume that's what it is. I, I imagine know. you'd give them a really high-pitched voice. It'd be a great start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon so. Uh, and finally, we got one about unique locations. There's 18 giant enclaves. Yeah. And these are all mapped by Dyson. Is it Logos or Logos? I think it's... I, I don't know. I think it's just Logos. Is it Logos? It was like the Greek word Logos, or is it Logos as in Logos? It's a very I don't good know. question. I've never known. Yeah. But then... But then... <laughs> Dyson Fair, yeah. Who who do awesome app ma- apps maps yeah. not apps maps yeah. in yeah. lots of wizards books and on a Patreon and other Free. stuff. You can go to their Dyson Logos blog and and they're yeah. releasing they we release a ton of, of yeah, commercial we, use mm-hmm. maps yeah, Thou- yeah. like a thousand of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy, yeah. Good. crazy value. But they're actually probably I didn't think about this. They're probably really useful for like using in Albert Rodeo and stuff too. Yes, I along imagine. with yeah. your free tokens that you get from yeah. Monstrous Menagerie. That you know what? I never even thought to do that. There you yeah. go. That's another thing I can do. You can play a lot. But of anyway, so we've got eighteen giant enclaves, and I made a quick list of them. Really, really quickly. So, we've got um, the World Root Sapling, which is like a seedling of the world tree, which goes through the multiverse through different dimensions. Lord, okay. Uh, this is all very uh, multiverse Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that makes sense, is. based on the book, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's doing multiverses, aren't they, at the moment? So, we've got Anam's Cradle, which is like a hollow world, jungle place with, like, dinosaurs. Like, you know that King Kong film? Where they had like okay. King Kong was in the this middle of the world. Just, just to make sure, this is your version of the quick list of uh, locations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Never seen King Kong. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, understanding how hard Daryl works as an editor. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got? We got the Ashen Grotto, which is a giant burial ground, and it's like a seaside cave in a cliff, and it's got areas in there where different types of giants are buried. Mm-hmm. We've got the Dreamer's Reach, which is a hilltop with standing stones, but the standing stones aren't standing stones. They're the fingers of an ancient primordial titan sticking up through the ground. Okay. Kind of like, you know, the end of that Marvel film where there's oh, a giant thing yeah. sticking out of the earth um, and everyone forgets about it in the next film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, uh, Eternals. Eternals. Eternals, Eternals yeah. I, was, I was thinking Immortals. I was like, that's not it. Similar. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, the endless rock slide, mm-hmm. where we basically got each end linked to an elemental plane of Earth, and then the, it's sort of like a conveyor belt where it's an endless rock slide. It goes out of the portal at the bottom, and then comes in through the portal at the top, like this, this like rock slide that just goes on forever. Which sounds like fun. We've got the forest crystal. We've got the forsaken deep, which is storm giants underwater. We've got Gale's Eye Tower. We've got Gralantor's Larder, which is all about hill giants and lots of food. We've got Hayata's Hearth, where you get what you want, but an evil giant cursed it. That oh. was my, that was really my sort of cliff notes of that. They did talk for about three or four minutes on it, but you get what you want, but an evil giant cursed it. So is it kind of uh, like a, an, a genie sort of situation, like where you, like a monkey paw wish sit thing? So you get what you want, but it's like got some weird situation. I think maybe, yeah. Okay. I didn't listen hard enough. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad, bad reporter. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> let's move on. There was so much of it, and I had to listen to all these I, videos this morning. I, I said, okay, let's move on. Okay. Uh, we've got Horizon's Edge, which is like a technological and magically advanced giant civilization deep in the ethereal. Like Horizon Zero Dawn. Whatever that is, yes. Yeah. You don't know I'm that sure. game? With, I like, love the Horizon dinosaurs, Zero Dawn. Um... You, know, you, know, you know I don't play video games. It's yeah, my favorite I... video game of all time. It's very good. We've also got a howling iceberg. Which sounds fun. We've got Karanta's Hold, which is a far realm keep. So it's a keep that's been infested by the far realms, where it's all kind of like squiddy, tentacly stuff, I guess, and horrible, googly eyed things. Um, we've got Misty Vale, which is like a misty valley that connects various D and D worlds. We've got a runic circle where you can learn spells and communicate with other planes. And nearly there. There's only three left. Okay, good. You see, your eyes are glazing over. No, no, we've got we're thrilled. <laughs> they got the singing sands, which just like um, sing, like a desert dunes, which sing during the day, and then at night they turn into the memory of a giant fortress. Just the memory, not actually. Well, I think you can see it, kind of like like a mirage or something. I don't know. Like an augmented reality sort of situation. Like an augmented, yeah, you have to have your iPhone on you, and you've got to look through it, and then okay. you can see the fortress. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 We've got a star forge. Which is a forge built out of a st- fallen star. Is it not where they forge stars? It is not where they forge stars. Because I would think a star forge make, would be... That's where Thor's... They built. Yeah. They made Thor's axe, right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I thought. And they've got like, a <laughs> giant um, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, we've got the Thundering Observatory, which is a turret held between two mountain peaks by lightning. And then you can dramatic. view anywhere in the multiverse from it. And also it's got a giant city-killing death ray that can fire anywhere in the multiverse. Hmm. I'm sorry. That's cool. What in the it's Star like, Wars? It's like a Death Star. It's like yeah. a Death Star. What, what in the yeah. Star Wars is happening? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's those videos. That is the videos that they put out this week. Yeah, that, that video about locations is the one that got me on this book. Like, mm. I, you know, I was kind of like, eh, Giants, sure, you know, ah, that's fine. But I played Storm King's Thunder. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm up to here on Giants. But then giants, I, when I heard about those yeah. locations, I was like, ah, you know, now I kind of want the book. <laughs> giants have never worked for me. I don't know why. Just thematically, yeah. they just, I don't know. I find them like an awkward monster. I don't know. I much prefer a dragon to a giant. I'm really glad that Dungeons and Dragons isn't called Dungeons and Giants, because I'd probably never have gotten into it if it was. Yeah. Well, and how different would the world be? <laughs> I think I think we've probably finished the news now, I think. Mm-hmm. I think unless, I don't have any other news unless Mike has there, is there any other no, I don't think so. from the week that we yeah missed? no I, I that that oh well yeah. oh god a huge one you guys missed uh-huh. a huge one Wizards of the Coast released the 5.1 SRD in four other languages they translated the SRD and released it in Spanish French German and I don't remember wow. what the other one is uh which is huge like do you know yeah. how, like you can you guys imagine They've you probably never know done that before yeah how much it costs before. To translate 
like a 400 page document mm. is not cheap mm. and it brings five five e which you know i, I the and it's they're all releasing the creative commons same same license oh, okay. that the other srd yeah. is released yeah. under to you know a, a whole ton of people Mm. Who are non-English speaking in, yeah. in these other languages? It's, it's fascinating. We get, we get asked constantly, you know. Yeah, we are, I do is too. our stuff available in other yeah. languages? And I was like, God, I so yeah. wish we could. I really want to. Yeah, but it's so expensive. Like you say, it's you're basically it's basically like making a new book again, right? Yeah, yeah. it's as much work as making right. the book. And you in the first can't place. necessarily like I get a lot of people who say, "Hey, we'll do it," and you're like, "Yeah, but I don't know." <laughs> How good you're going to be? Especially in a book, like, you got to do all the layout. I don't again. know how well that's going to work. Yeah. And, and, and so yeah, so so I'm I you know when when wizards talked about trying to like rebuild their reputation after the mm. OGL fiasco, they, they said we want to do it by yeah. deed instead of word. This is a really good example of doing it by mm. deed. Yes. Like they, you know, it was up on their up, you know they 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 did an announcement, but not a ton of fanfare about it. Yeah. And uh yeah, and that's just massive. Like they said they were going to yeah. do it back in March and they fulfilled it and now and now there's now f- the the the, the 5.1 SRD is available in five languages. Mm. That's a, yeah. that's really quick actually to get that all done because yeah. when you're yeah. translating it you can't just do a normal no. translation type thing because you'd need somebody that understands but, what but, RPGs well, they might have are. Outs- they might have outsourced it to sort of well, no, I, so Wizards, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they did it for this, but I know that Wizards had hired their own internal translation groups oh, to do right, localizations okay. of a bunch of their own yeah. products. And yeah. so, like, there's a five, there's a five e player's handbook in Spanish now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think because remember there was a a whole thing about having external translators and they and wizards had kicked them free and said we're not we're not using the same translate they, they were partnering with other that, sort of yeah. companies that was, were in other countries to do those translations kick, kicked off about yeah that, and they there? kicked they, they kicked off and everybody's kind of mad about that and they said well the reason yeah. we're doing it is that we've hired our own to do yeah. our own localizations for all for, for these other countries so mm-hmm. i would i would expect that that's how they used i don't yeah read any of those other languages so i can't attest to the quality but i haven't heard anybody say oh yeah no it looks like they passed it through chat gpt it sounds yeah. like they actually <laughs> went through and, and translated it oh, so really? okay. yeah so that that but i i you know to me like when i think about wizards and you know working to you know fulfill their their drive of being good stewards of D and good partners of the ttrpg community that is probably the next biggest example since releasing the 5.1 SRD and yeah, Creative Commons are, in the first I, place. I will give them that. They are trying to work hard to rebuild that reputation. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I was really I was really glad to see that. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if like we're sorry, releasing... French, French, Italian, German, and Spanish are the, ah, uh, okay. the four the four languages. But re- releasing like SRD out there. Do you yeah. do you uh, and creative columns? Co- yeah. columns? Con- Commons. Co- yeah, the commons. Why can't I, can I say the word commons? Not creative commons. Commons. Creative, creative um, columns is one of the giant layers. Creative commons is a different thing entirely. Yeah, it's one of the others. Yeah. It's the 19th giant layer that didn't make it. Yeah, back. yeah. <laughs> can't wait for that one. Creative <laughs> columns. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so um, I wonder, you know, like Kerbal Press's um, recent Kickstarter, yep. which did really well, did over a million. Yep. Yeah. But do you think it was impacted by the... Uh, SRD going out in Creative Commons, and whether it would have done even better had that not happened. I don't know. I mean, the, we I don't, don't have an either. alternate universe where we can see. Uh, I know that they use the SR, they use the Creative Commons SRD when they mm. have been doing their, uh, when they've been putting out their rules updates, that they've been referencing the Creative Commons SRD, yeah. which means that they didn't have to use the OGL. Yeah. You know, so that I thought was you know good but like whether or not people were driven to it because the question is that then i thought this was when we were talking about the kickstarter side is shadow dark had three thousand more people back shadow dark than mm. tales of the valiant did mm. and you're like cobalt press has been around a long time doing a lot of really big stuff mm. 
and Shadow Dark was by Kickstarter numbers of backers more popular. Yeah. And I, yeah. I wonder if there was more of a drive in that direction of like, you know, that what Wizards had done and kind of drawing people to say, maybe we want to try other RPGs completely, not just yeah. other five other 5e variants. Yeah, I think so. And I think yeah. by the time the Kickstarter got out, and it did get out quickly after you know the OGL situation, but I I feel there's a lot less rage in the community about it. Like I don't hear about it. It's not like I, I know with people that create stuff, like amongst other publishers and people that are you know creating stuff. But in general, player based things, I'm not hearing like loads about it like I was before. So I wonder if people have kind of moved on. Uh, I I actually still do. So I was at a local okay. convention here. Yeah, okay. I was at a local. I mean, until sample size of like four. But yeah. like, yeah. I went to a local convention where people were mm-hmm. playing, and I heard like two or three people that like, yeah, we're playing Dungeon Crawl Classics now because we don't want to touch Five E anymore. Mm. Oh, and I was like, you know, Five E is its own platform now. It's like Linux, right? Like there are now mm-hmm. multiple publishers, including, of course, Level Up Advanced Five E, which is an mm-hmm. excellent version of Five E. That you know, there are other people that are making versions of this game. You don't, you can play this, even if you know you're not a fan of Wizards of the Coast anymore. You mm-hmm. can still play Five E and love it. Yeah. Mm. And they were like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's, that's the right biggest thing. Is, yeah, yeah, like you say, they want to play something completely different. Like, I, I think that's great that people want to try something completely different, though. Yeah. So and Shadow Dark's awesome. I got I got yeah. my first chance to play it this past weekend. I love Shadow Dark. Yeah. It was really I think kind of with the Tales of the Valiant, though, kind of, it was very much sold as an open version yeah. of 5e well yeah. right and then was there yeah black flag was there kind of took the wind out of the sails maybe a little yeah. by putting an open version of 5e out there first yeah which kind of kind yeah. of kind of almost like it was like do we now need an open version of 5e now that wizards has done that right yeah i don't know yeah that's been some of the criticism that they received was like you know i do do we need another you know, do we need another 5e? Is 5e good yeah. enough on its own? And now it is Creative Commons, so if we wanted to build off it, we could. And I look mm. at it, and I like every one of these to me is another set of professionally produced house rules that I can steal yeah. from and use in my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I, and I, I, I love that ability. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm and I think we'll see more of them over the next year as well. Yeah, like, well, there's at least one you know, big once one. We, once we yeah. don't know about, yeah, I think yeah. there's yeah. going to be more. I think Cubicle Seven has one coming out, right? Yeah, that they're yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and then of course yeah. there's 2024 D D. So we'll see. Yes, then that which is going to. Yeah, not not everybody. one D and D. It's not called that anymore. But yeah, the twenty twenty four revisions. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> of sixth edition. <laughs> I can't keep up with. I keep changing the name. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, I, we have now done the news. So. Welcome, welcome to my wonderful shop of potions. My, you sure have a lot of potions here. Oh, not just potions, my friend. We also have elixirs, ointments, cordials, filters, tonics, oils, brews, lotion salves, and creams. Wow, yeah, certainly thorough. Um, I'm looking to stock up, ready for my next adventure. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We have everything you could possibly need. Oh, how about a lovely little love potion? Well, not only is that a bit creepy, uh, it's also not much use when trying to slay a dragon, is it? Oh, well, uh, in that case, uh, something with a bit of bite. How about this potion of poison? Potion of poison? Isn't that just poison? Uh, yes. Yes, I, I suppose it is. Now, what I need is something which will help me and my adventuring comrades to cross the desolate wastes, navigate the murky forest, survive the unending swamp, scale the fiery mountain, and finally meet the great dragon in mortal combat. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? I have an unopened bottle of Deja Brew right here. 
Deja brew? What does it do? You get to drink it and get an overwhelming feeling you've drunk it before. Uh, look, I, uh, I don't think you're quite grasping the situation. I need something that will protect us from the dragon's fiery breath, help us resist the mind-altering enchantments of the Feywood, and heal us when we fall. Oh, of course. Well, I have a wonderful little tonic here. A potion of semi-invisibility. Semi-invisibility? Well, it turns you invisible, but not your clothes or equipment. So it's basically useless. Oh, uh, a potion of fly. Oh, that's more like it. It turns you into a housefly. Oh. Oh, uh, a filter of goose control? No, no, no. Don't you have a potion of healing or something? Potion of healing? I don't think I've heard of that one. You haven't heard of a potion of healing? (laughs) No, it doesn't ring a bell. And you call yourself a potion shop? No, I call myself a a jar. It's the most common potion in all the land. Well, Well, I've never heard of it. Fine. Fine. Perhaps an oil that will protect me from fire? Oh, yes. We had some of that. Oh, but Mrs. Miggins from the pie shop bought the last batch. Of course she did. Okay, what about a tonic which will fortify our minds against the dark curse of that dread forest? Well, not so much. Oh, but may I make a counter-proposal? I know I'm going to regret this, but go on. I have a new elixir of rat summoning. Hmm. Um, that just kind of looks like peanut butter. Do I at least get to control the rats when they arrive? No. Look, I don't want a potion of silly walks, an elixir of dampness, or an oil of flammability. I just want some useful, practical mixtures to aid me in our quest. How about an essence of fairy wings? Oh, does that make me fly? Well, no, but it makes you think you can fly. (laughs) Are you really a potion seller? Yes. Are you sure? No. And what, pray tell you? Are you? I'm a clown. Well, then why does the sign say Edjar's Potion Emporium? Oh, it's all part of the act. Part of the act? Part of the act? Clowns ride tiny tricycles and wear funny noses. They don't open potion shops. Well, to be fair, I haven't opened a potion shop. Well, that's certainly true. Um, But they don't pretend to open potion shops either. Well, I'm a postmodern clown. You're a terrible clown is what you are. A bit rude. Do you deny it? Well, I, I tried a shoe shop first. It didn't work out. Well, why not? Oh, turns out it was no small feat. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget, patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? Shall we talk about Open 5e? Sure. Let's. Okay, then. Do you want to introduce it, Russ? Um, yes, so um, Open 5e, oh, I'm not the best person to introduce it, to be honest. I think Mike is a better person to introduce Open 5e. Okay. So, Mike, why don't you tell us about Open 5e? What is it? What's the elevator pitch? Sure. Uh, ele- elevator. Oh, now i got to like take <laughs> three paragraphs and narrow it down just to like one sentence. Just imagine I'm a studio open, executive. Open 5e. I'll, I'll take it right off. in the elevator. <laughs> uh, it is the best open source resource. It's the best resource for Open 5e content that you can find on the internet. Yeah. 
Okay. It focuses exclusively on material that has been released under some kind of open license. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually license agnostic. So the kinds of material that it can have could be from any of the popular licenses. It could be yeah. stuff that was under Creative Commons. It could be under OGL. It could be under ORC. It can take material from any license because all the licenses are tied directly to the sources mm-hmm. of the material that they're using. It is a web-based interface. So you can go and you can search for monsters and classes and races and uh, magic items and spells and you can get back your results like you would expect from anything else one feature that it has that i think is the reason i'm so excited about it is that it has an open api which means you can programmatically query it for monsters and spells and magic items and other things and draw it into other systems so yeah, an you example showed me, yeah you showed me on albert rodeo yeah but, clash um, right the yeah, clash player yeah. right so yeah. that's that i think that's how we got in this conversation was i emailed you and said oh i'm so glad to hear that you like uh, Albert Rodeo, because I'm a huge mm. Albert Rodeo fan. I love I love Albert Rodeo, and one and I think you had mentioned not being able to kind of track initiative or hit points yeah, or something yeah, in Albert Rodeo. Yeah. And I said, "Have you tried Clash?" And you said, "Yeah, but it's buggy," but which is true. So, um, but yeah, so so the cool thing about the Clash plugin, which is a plugin to Albert Rodeo that lets you kind of tie monster statistics to tokens and you can track their hit points and initiative and stuff like that but yeah it does have a bad tendency of every so often your initiative just gets wiped out yeah it basically <laughs> yeah, happens so you're not wrong. I get to the end of a round and yeah. I go to the next round it disappears so I get it, one it, round yeah, out of it, it, and it has, has a couple of weird but as you can imagine a lot of software that's developed by one person yeah. off time you know in their in their after hours after their day job sometimes has bugs yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that that has that's really cool is you can search in Clash for any of the monsters that are in Open 5e, which are 2,500 different in. monsters. Yeah. So it includes not just the 5.1 SRD monsters, which we would expect. It includes 5.1 mm-hmm. SRD. It includes Level Up Advanced 5e. It includes mm-hmm. four Cobalt Press books, Tomo Beast 1, 2, and 3, and Creature Codex. It has all mm-hmm. of them in there. So you can say, I want skeletons, and you're going to get a whole bunch of different kinds of skeletons. Yeah, yeah. And then in Clash, you can just hit an import into Clash, and bang, it's inside Clash. Yeah. So yeah. the re- I mean, to me that that feature is yeah. really really powerful. Yeah. yeah, and other applications you can imagine all sorts of different ways different applications yeah. could like use that. That especially it's a big data repository basically. That's which, exactly. It's a great big data be, repository which of open content. Can be content. queried and used in different yeah. ways. Five, yeah, so, five, fifth edition, fifth edition focused open content. And yeah. yeah, so and it can be small stuff too. Like I, I there's a there's a really really good random generator application called Perchance. Mm. Uh, perchance. I think it's perchance.org. I don't know. But um, you can go in and build your own sort of random tables and you can do them mm. a bunch of different ways. But the neat bit is you can import, if you're if you're a little bit crafty, you can take yeah. the data out of Open5e and build random tables that have like, the, the if you're building like a random magic item tool, yeah. you can include magic items from like Vault of Magic from Cobalt Press, mm. Level Up Advanced yeah, 5e, awesome. and the 5.1 SRD. And your random table is going to have the full description of the magic item in it. So nice, yeah, okay. really, really, you know, really, really powerful stuff. So it was originally, it was developed by a software developer named Ian who had just focused pretty much on the 5.1 SRD. Mm-hmm. And then right around the OGL time, he was like, well, it looks like I'm gonna have to tear this thing down. And then he was also like, it's not getting a ton of traffic and it's just me and I'm busy and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm, what do I do? And I, I had heard like that he was considering shutting it down. And I'm like, what do I need to do to help you not shut this down? And he's like, yeah, yeah. well, it's not money. He's like, you know, the, it, it's cheap to host. So it's not really funding. It's just energy and people. Work. And I'm like, yeah. how about I talk about it on my talk show and see if there are developers who are interested in working with you on it. And it turns out there were a whole bunch of developers that were interested in working. Mm. So now instead of just 5.1, it has 14 different sources that it's pulling in from all of these other places. Mm. A lot of the work is data conversion. 
because mm. a lot of the times the only access to any of the open content we have is PDFs. And yeah. you want to structure the data, you know, taking yeah. a monster and structuring that, it. That's always important because that's going to be a lot of work. As it's well. a lot of work. Because there's manual work, I take it. It's not. And it's a yeah. lot of, there's, there's sort of semi-automated things you can do. Mm. There's, there's sort of ways that, you know, you can kind of, if you can copy and paste the text out of a PDF and then write code that can kind of figure out what the lines are from mm. what you copied and pasted, it will get like 80% of it. And then yeah. you have to kind of go through and fix the other yeah, 20, but that. it is, yeah. it is a very manually, like the one we're looking at now. Now in some circumstances, other people had already done it for other systems. Mm. So like if somebody had gone through the trouble of taking one of their published books and making it available to Foundry. Mm. And the Foundry stuff, because it was under an OGL, the Foundry stuff was open. and meant we could take mm. the Foundry data, which is structured, and ah, convert it to bring it over okay. to Open5e. So there were little tricks like that. So what we're doing with, because most, most of our open content is kind of in PDF format at the moment. Right. But that's not, that's not the long-term thing. Yeah. So the long-term thing is we would quite like, we're building a character builder as well. Yeah. Um, on A5E.tools. And one of the things you've got to do to make that work is to make every bit of data into yeah. an isolated data, modular yeah. data structure. So yeah. feet has Structured to be all a, the data. A, yeah. a feet type of data and a yeah. archetype yeah. has to be an arch, you know, and, st- and things like that. And a monster has to be this. Yeah. So behind the scenes at the moment, which you can't really see on the site at the moment, but, um, um, Shane, who, who's, who's working on it, is basically setting it all up for that so that we've got yeah. the different kind of data types. Yeah. Um, and so that in theory, if the character builder can access those data types, you could in theory have an API. Yes. Mm-hmm. On right. top of that, which right. could access those data types as well. Yeah. So that's kind of what we want to do. Although, yeah, you know, so it's, it's neat, so much work. A neat thing do, is but, because yeah. A5e tools has all of this stuff available on it and mm. you had released, uh, you had, you would, you, I think somewhere in your various system resource documents has said material, unless it's like a proper named thing, material that's in the A5V tools is released under the OGL. It meant that we could actually hit A5V tools to get stuff, which is a little well, bit more yeah. structured than the a PDF. The problem with A5V tools is, is just text mainly. Though. It so is. It's not really, yeah, it's not so really structured it, well. Yeah, you can actually, if, if, on open, if you go to openfivecom slash feats, it has mm. lots of feats and they are all from A5e. And you're yeah. right, it is just the text. Like it's yeah. not it's not the it's not the structure that you would need to tie to a yeah, character. Yeah, you haven't like got the prerequisites as a separate right. data field that you can filter by, yeah. for example, and things like that. We list the prerequisites. Yeah. But they're not structured in a way that in a builder but, you but could that is coming. That is coming. Do it. That right. is the plan. It's yeah. just it's yeah. work and energy and time right. as as, yeah. as you say. But yeah, one of the things that like, you know, I remember hearing you guys on this very podcast where you you had mentioned when you were talking about the OGL stuff. I don't remember. It was during OGL or, or shortly after everything got released. And you said like one of the things that you were proud of is that you had released way more material into uh, you know, way more f- fifth edition material into the OGL than Wizards had. Like way feats. More, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. feats and like, you know, subclasses and all kinds of things that you had put out there. And that was one of the things that drove me to like, oh, you know, this is something that we can bring into Open 5e now because it's mm. available because there wasn't other good sources of feats because mm. fifth edition doesn't have feats. So yeah, so that, that idea, my, my whole feeling with this and my whole drive to kind of bring people to this and bring energy to this is because even now that the fifth edition is out and available under a Creative Commons license, mm. D&D Beyond is still a monopoly. 
Yes. And, you know, the D&D Beyond is a monopoly in a couple of different ways. One is it only has Wizards of the Coast material on it. Mm-hmm. And it has all of the Wizards of the Coast material that they don't put necessarily everywhere else. Now, yeah. they do they do put, I think, almost all of it on Roll20 and on Fantasy yeah. Grounds. Mm-hmm. But those are kind of rich VTTs, not yeah. just a character builder. But also, it's almost impossible for anyone to compete with D&D yeah. Beyond just because of the sheer scope of that project. Yeah, when it's already just it to, big. Yeah. Well, when yeah. they sold it to Wizards, they sold it for $160 million. Yeah. It's yeah. a hundred sixty million dollar platform. Right. <laughs> like, we can't make a hundred. We, yeah. we can't make a one million dollar platform. Let alone a hundred sixty yeah. million dollars. Yeah. I think a few more Kickstarters and you'll be there. Like, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so the, the my one of my thoughts is like I think there needs to be competing fifth edition character mm. builders out there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things to get competing fifth edition character builders is having data that those character yeah. builders can yeah. use. So kind of, entirely. you know, my my energy is to try to say like, hey, here's this other platform that has material that publishers were were kind enough to put out under these open licenses that can be used to help people use other material. Yeah. So yeah, it's I you know, I've done some of the data conversion work over there. I've obviously tried to you know, bang the drum and 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 bring people over there. Just mm-hmm. my little thing I'll add in here yeah. is they have a very active Discord server. Uh, mm-hmm. And if there are both software engineers or people, you know, they're, they're looking a lot for like copywriters to kind of help advertise the fact that so this a, exists. It's a lot of volunteer work. That it's all, it's 100% yeah. volunteer. It's not yeah. commercial at all. So there's no, yeah. there's no ads. There's yeah. no, you know, they don't, they don't link, you know, I, Ian was like, hey, you're doing all this stuff. Can I link to your page? I'm like, yeah, link to the Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. He's like, no, that's an ad. He's like, I'll link mm. to your homepage. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> right? yeah. So, so yeah, it's very strictly non-commercial. Yeah, yeah, in its in its application, it is very much designed to be. Um, so I kind of like uh, the idea of it's an entire ecosystem out there based on open content. Yeah, which is easy to access visually, um, in text, in data format, or whatever method that you need to access that for whatever it is you're making. You might be making a book, or you might be making an app, or you might be making whatever, whatever you're making. Yeah. Um, and and it, there's this entire ecosystem of stuff, and there's developers and creators of different types all able to use that use that material. And it's self-feeding and grows. Yeah. Like in that in the whole viral way that the OGL was kind of supposed to. Right. And, and did. Yeah. To be yeah. Honest, you know, in, right. Um, until Wizards kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I and yeah. I think like that that way to kind of you know and, and competitors because like you're never going to compete with D and D right like their no. products are twenty to fifty twenty to two hundred times more popular than the next mm. biggest RPG product. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but to to say like hey you know we can we can play with material that's over here and there's actually more material over there than what mm. Wizards provides because it's everybody's together. It's yeah, you know, it's all of Cobalt Press, it's all of A five E, it's all mm. of you know all the different material that's coming from people that are opening up their their resources. Don't you don't have to compete with Wizards. No, I, because yeah, Wizards is the outlier. Right. Like let Wizards be Wizards. It's the outlier up yeah. there. Yeah, but you're not. You know, you're not you're not going to compete with that. And no, and you're not going to build a hundred thirty million dollar platform. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So, so just so don't worry about that. Don't worry right. about that at all. Right. Just do, you, you know, you do your own thing with similarly sized people, if you know what I mean, and yeah, and, and build build a totally separate ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's about strengthening five E. Yeah, right. It's exactly. about making sure that 5e is not under the you know, like because we saw what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we want to ensure that this platform that we love, that many of us have been writing for, that many of us love playing in. Is stronger than any one actor. Stronger than any one actor in the. Yeah. In the, so nobody can turn around and tear it down. Basically. Nobody can turn around. And so wizards can't. And we're, and we're kind of no. there now, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. now that the stuff is in 5.1 SRD, that's great. But mm-hmm. there is this, like, if all of your players are basically saying, like, hey, I can only use D&D Beyond. Like, that's the only yeah. place I ever want to play. And that means I'm only ever playing with Wizards content. Yeah. 
that doesn't yeah. make it super strong in this particular yeah. area of online yeah. online use. So what's, the, online what's the overall scope of Open Five E then? So I've had a look at it, and sure. I've, I've seen there's sort of like classes, and there's uh, uh, races and mm-hmm. um, 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 monsters and whatever. Is it is, is the idea to just get everything on there? Like, Pre- well, so and you know, as as many times when you have community projects, right? There are mm-hmm. there is sort of like a little bit of a central leadership group, like Ian ran it. Felon named mm. August is doing a lot of develop, you know, a lot of the development work on there. Yeah. So whoever's kind of putting the most energy in ends up steering the direction that it goes. Sure. And everybody kind of comes in with different avenues that they want it to operate. So some want it to be a really good website where you can very easily go and get data, where you yeah. can do things like, you know, one of the things they were talking about is actually having uh, uh, freely generated tokens for all of the monsters that are mm. under oh, wow. no license at all, so yeah. that you could actually get these sort of like black and white tokens for all of the monsters. And be able to drop them into a VTT, you yeah. know. I mean, you're, you're again. It's third time I'll bring it up. That you know, the awesome tokens that we have from Level Up Advanced Five E are fantastic, but they are not open licensed, right? They are mm. not. You're yeah, they're they are, not releasing, yeah. and nor would yeah. you want to because it's the you know all the artwork you paid for. You're not mm. about to put that in public domain, mm-hmm. right? But building public domain tokens that yeah. are from generated art, right? AI generated. I'm not even sure it's AI generated. I think it's like a bunch of kind of like different sorts of filtering to create art that's basically mm. uh, public domain so then anybody could use those tokens and whatever tools that what they want yeah, and they're associated yeah. with all the monsters that are that are available so some are, want to take it in that direction some really want to focus more on the api and how it supports other tools i kind of mm-hmm. lean in that direction um lots of different you know lots of different directions about which sources to include uh but the scope is really big i mean you know you have character character information classes races backgrounds feats combat you know mm. combat rules equipment magic items spells monsters Gameplay mechanics, you know, and classes include subclasses and stuff like that, mm. uh, you know, feats and everything else. And then the data sources right now that it has are, of course, the system reference document. There's a lit- one of the things they want to do is say like, hey, how about we volunteer? You know, we, we get volunteers to create material that we know is an open gap that mm. goes directly into this. So rather than even taking it from something a publisher has done, yeah. we know that there's this gap that nobody has really done. Let's just do it ourselves and immediately put it out into this license and not even go through the regular publication process. Yeah, so not so, even not so they have their it, own. Really, just put yeah. it on there, yeah. Right, yeah. but obviously the system documents from Wizards, you know, Tome of Beasts, one, Creature Codex, Deep Magic, uh, so lots of Cobalt Press material because they have mm. a lot of material and it's it's pretty high quality stuff. And then from, yeah, from N-World is the Monstrous Menagerie. And then I think, so spells, I don't know if spells have made their way over. I know people started working on magic items from mm-hmm. Level Up Advanced 5e. So what happens when you've got conflicting versions of the same So item? it's all labeled. So you can see yeah. if you do a search for like Tarask, for example, yeah, you get both the 5.1 SRD Tarask and the A5e Tarask side by right, side, right. but it has like a yeah. little label. Yeah. You know, I, I built a, a tool in Notion that I call the, the 5e Artisanal Monster Database, which mm. is a database that draw drew all of its monsters out of Open 5e and put it into Notion, which is this kind of wiki-like notebook if you haven't seen it. And you can build databases in it. And the neat thing I can do is say, like, I don't really actually want any of the monsters from the 5.1 SRD because mm. A5e did such, you know, did such a better job. I'm going to just yeah, use those. Who did so well, yeah, yeah. Right, and, so the, and, and, and I call it artisanal because it's like all of these monsters were built by, like, you know, human being i mean they, some of the other ones are built by human beings too but there's no publicly traded corporation that has funded all of these monsters yeah, these are made yeah. by individual companies that have released their stuff directly so yeah. i like the phrase artisanal i want to start yeah I do too. Like, we a, make artisanal rpgs we, we, like i like the idea of an artisanal tarask right yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. grass-fed like you know a grass-fed open range tarask yes. you know yeah. un, yeah. non-caged right? well, like a vegan tarask vegan, <laughs> vegan tarask exactly <laughs> yeah so 
how how because like, it's like out there, there's so much for open five E content over under the HLs and like in Kickstarter, there's like ten more every month, yeah, twenty sure. more every month, and sure. you know, on Drive Through RPG, there's a million of them. How, yep. I mean, the, the the prospect of getting all of that stuff, which I assume is yeah. the, kind of the end goal, uh, onto is well. <laughs> immense, surely. Yeah, so the, again, you get to like, well, every individual there can have their own opinion. Nobody, nobody gets to decide. You know, the group doesn't have a coalition of yeah. of group decision. We all kind of think of it. I, I think it would be impossible to try to bring everything out. And instead, it's kind of like, well, what's the what's the high quality, highly popular material that has gone through kind of the best production process that's mm. kind of proven itself to be real strong and how do we bring that in yeah um and then and then can we navigate their license and is there an easy way for us to bring you know there's all these different variables like is there is there an easy way for us to get the data and bring it mm. in and in the case of like a5e and cobalt press a lot of their stuff had already been converted by other people for other uses in a yeah. structured a structured enough way that it was easier to bring in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because there's lots of other really high quality 5e material like to bring in, but we just don't know where to even find it. And then some mm. of it is like, if you're interested, like anybody who's like, hey, I would really love it if you had more Ghostfire material in there. Mm. It's like, all right, get to work, right? You know, if you want it, sit down. Because a lot of it is like, it's mundane and it's hard. Is there, is there a way but to, it's not, the skill set's not, you know, you don't need to be a could just go along to them and add stuff themselves then? Or? Yeah. So there's, they have a GitHub repo. So you can, yeah. you know, if you, you know, if one, and I had to, I'm, I'm not, right? I had, every time I have to relearn Git, every time I want to, you know, add new, you know, push new updates to it automatically. Yeah, but usually, that works, but right? Yeah. No, but very, you know, only very few do. But what you can do is in the Discord, you can find somebody who can help you with that. So, like, what I right, initially right, right. did was, hey, I did all this stuff. Can I send you this text file? And they're like, sure. Yeah. And then they did the push and everything right, like right, that. Right. Oh, okay, so you can yeah. do that. Okay. That. And then eventually, I'm like, okay, I am actually a software engineer by trade. I should learn how to use Git. <laughs> yes, so okay. I, you know, so I, so I yeah. did. Um, there's a little bit because like you're building, you know, you're building XML files. You're you're kind of pasting yeah. into XML files. There's they, that one of the things that they did is they actually did a very robust sort of testing procedure to make sure like those files don't break when you put them up and it doesn't take mm. the site down. So mm. they now have like test and development and deployment servers. And there's mm. automated testing to be like, hey, your file screwed up because you you know put a comma. It's, a, it's supposed to be a numeric thing and you put a comma in there and that screws up the numeric. Oh, That's why like yeah. the A5V Tarask, the, the grass-fed artisanal cage-free Tarask <laughs> only had one hit point. And it was actually my fault, and that's because when no, I no, when the, I was no, the, the, the vegan Tarask should have only should one have hit only point. one hit point. Yeah. It, it still really hits like a freight train, <laughs> but you just have to hit it. If you hit it once, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it has I think it has twelve hundred and thirty hit points, mm. which meant it's the only monster that was in the system that had more than a thousand, and wow, it had a okay. comma, and and the software stripped out everything past the comma, right, right, <laughs> right. just yeah, a one. Okay. Just so a one I had to go point. in. I had to go in and be like, no, it's got twelve hundred thirty hit yeah, points. Yeah. Right. So. I can't be like, because um, there's um, the SRD stuff that, that exists for um, Pathfinder and yeah. 3E and 5E stuff, which which they do over there and have been have been doing for like 10, 15 years yeah. now. Yeah. And that has a lot of third-party material on there as well. Yeah. yeah. So you go on there and you look at spells and stuff, you get spells and necromancer games going back to 2005 or whatever, and you know, all, you know, all sorts of stuff. Right. So is it sort of like any thought of sort of working alongside those people or are they just doing a different thing? I mean, I, 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 you know, I think like anybody that wants to get involved, I, somebody the other day was like, oh my God, I was thinking of, you know, building something like this. And then I heard about this and I found out you had it all. Yeah. So th that some of it's just word of mouth. Again, it, you know, because it's, it's, you know, a completely non-commercial volunteer organization. Yeah. There's no strategy of, you know, yeah, it's always yeah, like, oh, yeah. sure. We'll talk to him. I don't, I haven't heard anybody of saying like branching out from 5e 
And knowing Pathfinder's ecosystem, like there are already a bunch of different tools run mm. by different companies that are doing mm -hmm. pretty well. Like what's it called? Uh, where Adam Bradford went, the new, the uh, oh, Demiplane. Demiplane. Yeah. I can never yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the name Demiplane. Yeah. Demiplane, I know, is focusing a lot on Pathfinder, which yeah. means like they, it feels like they already have like a healthy group of different systems out there that are mm. supporting that one platform. Yeah, uh, where the the kind of the to me the worry and the especially when we talk about like VTTs, I always talk about it as like we don't have to worry about the Wizards VTT and what it's going to do because we have problems right now, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we have we have things happening today that yeah. that put five E at risk. You know, again, risk is a yeah. you know a, a, a kind of a, a strong term for it. But the idea that like D and D Beyond has such a monopoly, mm -hmm. and I'm using the word loosely, right? But such a focus on what happens with fifth edition. Yeah. No other I, I do feel that Friday yeah. is now in a safe place, though. I feel that it is now here forever and can't go away. Yes. The only way it can go right. away is if people lose I, interest and it just disappears no, like every, into some corner. Yeah, but, right, right. Like, it, My only concern around that is that I believe that in like December 2022, I had no concept yeah, that they would... Creative Commons is different. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But then part of me is like, is there some legal loophole that I don't know enough about because yeah. I'm not... If it, if it did, it would take Wikipedia down. Right, like Creative Commons is used in over a billion, mm. you know, a billion sources where OGL was only used for this. I think so. I just have no trust, and I'm just I'm not sure. knowledgeable yeah. and enough. And you're not alone. Yeah, I'm just I'm just like uh, well, it's just because yeah. I think I've just been burnt some. I can now, only yeah. I can only speak for myself, but I feel yeah. much better. I feel safe. I feel much better with that with that with it under a Creative Commons <laughs> yeah. license than I did. Oh yeah, I, think I, did I do feel yeah. yeah I feel much better because it's a totally different conversation to in January. But yeah, like, and then, but, and the big one is like again. Wizards was still clearly the owner and the maintainer of the OGL. Like it was written mm. in the license that yeah. Wizards yeah. of the Coast owned yeah. the OGL, and they they cannot do that with Creative. But then Commons. again, I'm still very conscious of the fact that when I'm sitting here saying I'm I feel safe with it in Creative Commons. I can't imagine Wizards <laughs> of the Coast trying to do but a couple yeah. of years ago I, know, I, felt the I same would have said exactly the, the same yeah, thing about the OGL that's and true. you never know that's, do you you know it's true you don't and, 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 and yeah and and you know, all I can say is like, well, I feel even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, again, like, yeah. I mean, so much, so much of like how the internet works would break if they said it turned out that Creative Commons had a hole in it that was enough yeah. that Wizards could try to pull back the answer. Yeah, also, yeah. they're not going to want to. Like, I can't imagine a future where they look back and go, yeah, you know what? We are going to pull five that one because they're going to be on other systems by then. So, like, and, I, and also the OGL splash, the OGL sort of outrage that yeah. happened in January, December, January, compared to what the size of it would be if they were trying to mess with Creative Commons, yes, is which is dwarf. used by so many more yeah. people, yeah, yeah, would yeah. dwarf it would, that. Yeah. I have I mean, good the news. Would be you will have, you will literally have trillion dollar companies on our side. Yes. Hooray. Right? Like you will, yeah, you will have companies <laughs> that are, that are, yeah, a hundred times bigger than Wizards of the Coast who mm. would be arguing on our behalf. That, yeah, that yeah. would be great. Yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel pretty good about that. Well, I'll give on their own behalf, but it would just happen to benefit us. It would be there, right? Yeah, yeah they'd be in, in line. We them. would be in yeah. line there. We'd be like, hey, we're over here too. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Apple, for all the help. We're like, we're like the kid in the school playground standing behind the really big, you know, edge person. <laughs> right, standing against the bullies. Be like, yeah, yeah, only what, it's like a mountain. Right. It's like an earth elemental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but the but one area then. where I, I still feel like, and the funny thing is, like, I felt like this even before the OGL stuff, and I feel like it now too, is like there's a practical matter, and especially after covid where so many more people started playing uh, rpgs online in general mm -hmm. and started playing 5e on online in general and i did that through not not through like you know legal manipulation or anything like that but just through use certain tools became so popular 
mm-hmm. that they they became you know kind of a practical monopoly, not a legal monopoly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like D and D Beyond is in that spot. Like I was super ecstatic when D and D when Wizards bought D and D Beyond because it meant that everybody who had bought all their stuff in there were safe. Because they mm. weren't safe at that point. Wizards could have said, and, and rumors and innuendo said that even internal to Wizards, there were groups that were like, we're going to build our own D&D Beyond, not mm. buy it, right? And then some other groups like, no, we're going to buy it. And they bought it. And then the first group's like, wait, what did you do? So even in, r- rumor was that internal to Wizards, there was scuffles about whether they should buy yeah, it or build their yeah. own. And if they had decided to build their own, they could have easily just said, we're turning the license off. And yeah. everybody's stuff goes bad. Like, I mean, that still all applies that to Roll20, and that still applies to Fantasy Grounds it and does. all the other yes. places that you can yes. currently buy. Absolutely. And to me, yeah. right, I kind of have this like checklist of the things that I would like to see Wizards do to continue to be good stewards of the brand and continue to be good players in the RPG space. Now, I wonder, when they bring out their own VTT, will all those Roll20 right. and Fantasy Grounds still is, be around? Like, so I have, these, I have a whole bunch of canaries right in a whole bunch of cages and i watch them every day to see if any of these died and one of them is are they do they continue to support roll 20 and fantasy Mm -hmm. grounds another one that i would really love to push them on and have them do is support foundry and shard Mm. Uh, foundry is really really popular and shard is the only other tool that i've seen that uses 5e stuff where you can have a character generator that's outside of a vtt yeah so that to me is like the most direct sort of parallel to D D beyond is mm. a mobile app where I can make a character on the app and I don't have to have a VTT. I can just have my character mm. builder. Because that means you Demi- can use it at your physical Demiplane does that as well. Demiplane yeah. does too, but I haven't seen Demiplane incorporate 5e stuff, have they? They announced it, I think it was earlier this year, they're going to start yeah. doing yeah. 5e yeah. stuff. So based I, I mean, actually, Shard actually has one that works. Like Shard, yeah, Shard yeah, I went and used yeah. and tried it. And the cool thing about Shard is like you can do Cobalt Press. Like Cobalt Press supports it. Yeah. So yeah. you can build characters with Cobalt Press stuff. They've done what Open 5e did too, of like filling in the blanks. Yeah. So they have their own sort of rewritten feats that mm-hmm. sort of mirror the feats that are in, in you know, in yeah, the player's yeah, handbook, yeah, I mean, stuff like that. But but that that idea that like online, because, yeah, we all know, like, like my books aren't, you know, Jeremy Crawford's not going to come and take my books away. Right. Like, I know the or books are safe. Wow. Or is he? Look behind you, Mike. Ah, ah, J-Craw. So. The um, you know, the, like the the phys- like the me- the media is safe, right? Like it'll survive a nuclear war. Like mm. you know, we could have you know, fifth edition will survive a nuclear war, but electronically it will not. <laughs> and electronically, right, right, right. not only can it not survive a nuclear war, it can't mm-hmm. survive one company making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And that idea of like, well, okay, so the rest of it we're pretty good on, but this component of digital play and digital, you know, being like you talked about a character builder. Mm. You know, having good uh, good options for different kinds of character builders, I think, is important, and so that's why I'm pushing Open Five E. You know, yeah. so that's why right, I pester right, you with emails every three weeks. <laughs> you know. So right, Ryan Dancy, as you, as you know, sort of was involved in the creation of the Open Gaming License. Yeah, and one of the things he said to me in an interview years and years ago, um, he said that one of the one of his kind of reasons for making the OGL in the first place ignoring the fact that it didn't kind of work out 20 years later but anyway yeah. uh making the OGL in the first place was so that D&D would survive beyond any capricious and as the this is the way to use capricious decisions by its owner right. or subsequent mm-hmm. owners yeah. yeah you know so you know if like Wizards right. got sold off to uh, uh I'm trying to think of Mattel or someone, and X. they decided to. Elon whatever. Musk decides X, he loves. So, yeah. yeah, if Elon, Elon Musk, Musk decides to buy, he wants to take yeah. over D and D and make sure it's yeah. not so oh, woke. Don't say things yeah. like that. Don't <laughs> Sorry. Then the only way you can play D and D is to tweet it. Except you can't call it a tweet. You've got to call it an X or a Z. An excrete. I thought they're called excretes. We all agreed on this. Oh my god. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, right. Nancy said, so D and D would survive any capricious decisions right. by you right. know wizards or any subsequent owners of yeah. of, of the property. Like D and D will continue on, and that's kind of exactly the same goal that you know we have now. Yeah. That's what we want to happen. That's what we mm-hmm. want to make sure it's firmly there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think, I mean, we're pretty close to there because like let's pretend that wizard said okay we're not going to support any of the other vtt's anymore we're not putting out mm. new material on roll 20 we're not putting it on fantasy grounds we're focusing on just any beyond and just our um you know just our own marketplace and by the way we're just going to grind and squeeze users as much as possible taking as mm. much money from them yeah you know we're gonna you know it, I mean, yeah yeah i mean you know again sorry i don't know what the language rules are in this but there's a great article by cory doctorow called the Inshitification of tiktok which talks <laughs> about this process whereby giant corporations first bring in users with a beautiful system. Then mm. they bring advertisers in to advertise mm. to those users. Then they squeeze both groups for as much mm. money as they can get. And then the system sucks, right? right. And it's that four-step process. And, you know, I'm well, not Facebook saying- Facebook is a classic example Face- that, Facebook is an yeah. example, obviously. You know, all right. We can name, we can name off the top, right? Amazon is a good example. He uses Amazon yeah. as an example all the time. So that can happen. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with Wizards because D&D Beyond is a fantastic tool, right? Like <laughs> people wouldn't use it if it wasn't great. Yeah. But we don't know what direction they're going to go. And they could go in that direction. And if they did, the nice thing is that 5e still, the material is out there and other people could fill in the say, you know, fill in that space and say, hey, mm-hmm. we like what D&D Beyond used to be. Mm. Now we're going to build our own and you can come yeah. here and do the same yeah. thing. So I think I think we're still in a really good spot. I think the important thing is just to have have the data out there. And yeah. Even if there's, cause I mean, my, my, my thought was always, we'd make the PDF once we finish compiling the PDF of all our A5V material. And then the idea is, I would think you'd seed it in a load of places. So that even if something happened to us, yeah. And we and our server went down forever. Yeah. It's still out there somewhere. And yeah. it's still out there in several different places. Yeah. So the, at all times that that material is out it's not going to get lost yeah yeah well you and you and i had a surrogate conversation through paul hughes about this where Mm -hmm. the a5v srd right now is out there but the license is on a separate page that's yeah we've checked with our lawyers that is fine uh, i know and you said (laughs) right and the answer i got back was we checked with our lawyers that's okay but i also heard you can tell me this is true that at the end once you're done you are going to put the licenses in the pdfs themselves well there's going to be one license in one big pdf sure yeah yeah Yeah. so because the problem is that is if that web page goes down I don't have anything that I can see that says, oh, it, it one one time it did say that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, fair, I yeah, mean, I'm not yeah. worried about Morris coming and suing me because I'm using A5V stuff. But when X comes and buys you out for a billion dollars and you're like, yeah, okay, a billion dollars is pretty good money. I'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> right. Then- would I do it for a billion? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think probably I would. Probably, right. Like, uh, I have morals, but I don't, yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't morals, go up to a billion dollars. Uh, who's, who's my new boss going to be? Who's this? Because he's not going to be Musk, clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know there there's always that long term and and obviously like we're we're playing in hypotheticals that are almost zero i don't think yeah. you'd have to worry about making a billion dollars but like you know you, you you want that level of security and and that idea of having the license in the pdf so i like yeah. on, on my on my show when the 5.1 srd came out in creative commons mm. on my show i was like everybody go download it put it on a usb stick go to your bank and put it in a safe deposit box yeah and that way we will know it's secure forever yeah but like yeah. you can't trust the internet, right? You certainly yeah. can't trust yeah. any one website. Mm-hmm. And so, True. yeah. So that's that's always a yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, but that's that's our plan. So there's going to be right. once once the yeah. once the SLD's finished, it's going to be sort of like one compiled document, which is going to be seeded in different. For places. For the record, but. I actually did take screenshots of your license and store it locally. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I have the A5E SRD material that has been put together so far, Perfect. plus a screenshot that says it's cool yeah. and it's under these three licenses. Yeah. So if we so, if we yeah. lose it, we'll message you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we yeah. lose it, we can get it back off you. When you yeah. have a billion dollars, you're probably not going to be messaging me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the problem is it's such a big job. I mean, you think making, oh, yeah. making that open 5e is an even bigger job? Yeah. Because that's what we're doing times a yeah. thousand. Right. Yeah. But, sure. I mean, we're just trying to make this SRD, and it's so much work. It yeah. really is. Right. And we're making new content all the time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got the Gate Pass Gazette coming out every month, and we've got new books coming out. I mean, that's, that's the hard part with everybody, right? It's like yeah. Couple Press doesn't have time to sit and try to structure all of their data for free to give yeah. out because they're making their next book yes, right yeah. they're a business yeah. they've got in yeah, the same with you right you got a business is making right. and selling books it isn't giving away free mm-hmm. right books. That's or, not or, or going through all yeah. of the effort yeah. to restructure stuff yeah to do yeah. so right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, they're making, they're giving away three rules we do as well because we think we should. Right. But yeah. that's not, that isn't our core business. That's not why. No. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you're, you know, I know you have Paul working on converting the material over to yeah, the yeah, SRD yeah. and like that's money and effort and energy. Yeah. And the only output but of but that. He's got a whole team there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not just him. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, the whole, that whole effort is making the community better. At your expense. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like Paul's doing it for free. You know, right. we are paying Which is him, great. So. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. 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 But that's, right. that's why we're only 15th on the list, because we... <laughs> yeah. Be, if we weren't paying Paul, if we weren't paying Paul, we'd be 14th on the list. Well, because we do stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, the tokens are given away for free, like, and right. stuff like yeah. that. So, but... Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't think we'd make a million dollars out of those tokens, stress. I, I, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to try it. After this, I'm going to change the price. I really did worry. to $1 million and see if we said that. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody, I mean, you just hit my nightmare scenario. So <laughs> when, when, when I first heard, because I, I didn't hear no. about the tokens being free on your show, I heard about them from somebody else. And I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if they even know they put them up for free. <laughs> and I was the like, Morris, yeah. Morris is going to go there and be like, free? What's this ridiculous uh, thing? These are $20. The, the secret is they've been for free on our website for about a year and a half. Really? Yeah. I, oh, just, wow. happened, I just happened to put them on there as well, just because gotcha. I thought people, so would, see people would see them. Right. Yeah. But they've been around for ages. Yeah, it wasn't oh, myself. Wow was in doing an admin error putting stuff on for free I wonder if they know I better go grab it right? <laughs> yeah. turned out like oh it was a terrible mistake that's happened before yeah. other yeah. people put up cheap cheap stuff and- yeah no it's like VTT assets I think put, giving those away for free is kind of the minimum you can do really these days yeah mm-hmm. because su- actually supporting entire VTT is hard and a lot of work oh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah and expensive yeah. it yeah. really is yeah, yeah. yeah building the packages building those packages yeah. like I, I I don't do and it you need specialist people to like, do it I can't do it myself yeah, yeah. I need, I'd need to hire someone to do that and it's not cheap and it's not easy and it's not quick yeah and each time you do it you've got to do it differently for a different platform yeah yeah. And a lot of and the time, it's, it's as much work as making the book in the first place. Was. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not necessarily, you know. yeah. Like, so, so I, I have my book, Fantastic Layers, that I did with James Intercasso and Scott Gray. Yeah. And as an experiment, we said, let's take the first quarter of the book, like the tier one adventures, and yeah. let's put them out on Roll20. And it took mm. us, you know, it cost a pretty good amount of money. And mm. it took a good amount of time and a lot of our effort. Like, we had to mm-hmm. work with yeah. the person who was doing yeah. anything like that. And we put it up there and we make like, five ten dollars a month and we're like mm. okay well that's not yeah because <laughs> like, yeah, our big question is like will it be worth doing the rest and the answer is no yeah, yeah. and people I mean, want we've, it we've kind of 
Like, We've kind of got three different models going on at the moment at the same mm-hmm. time. It's quite interesting to see how how different they are. So we've got Fantasy Grounds has licensed it from us, yeah. mm-hmm. and they do it all in house. Yeah, just got a license. They do what they want. Mm-hmm. They yeah. can use they can use our material, and right. then we get a cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've got a Foundry, which is a community driven one. Mm-hmm. Right. So we paid for the base, basically a like start. The, the core on it. books, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like a start on it, and then it got taken over by the community, and that's now a community driven one. Yeah, and then we've got Roll Twenty, which is the one that's kind of falling behind, really, which is the one that we kind of do ourselves. Right. And so that's that's the three that we support, and it's, we've got three entirely different strategies for each one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting to see what the take-up on each one is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Foundry, yeah, Foundry I mean, appears I'm, to be I'm, the most popular. You know, I'm one dude in my office next to the cat litter. And, you know, but what I do is I'm like, I'm going to make the maps available. And and mm. if you want to put them in a VTT of your choice, you can put them in the VTT of your choice. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, I'll, I'll offer as much assets as I have on hand, but I cannot yeah. afford either the time or the energy or the money to put them out yeah. under every one of the individual 100%. VTTs. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a new platform like every week these days. There's yeah. dozens of them out there now. And yeah. That's, yeah. You can't keep up with them. That's what we did for the What's Old is New Kickstarter because it has adventures on it. And we're like, look, we can't have them out on all the platforms, but... Here's the tokens. Right. Here's the maps that right. we'll give you when you buy the PDF for free, so you have it all. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. make it as easy for you as possible. Yeah. Yeah, and I've built, you know, I've built adventures from that kind of material, and I know it's mm-hmm. not as great as buying a nice package where all the tokens are all set up and everything like. But you yeah. can do yeah. it. It's not. It's yeah. probably less work for the individual to do that than it is for us to make the package, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, the, so. it's the same sort of amount of work you do at home. Right. On a game. Anyway, you know, making a, making sort of a game. Yeah. And stuff, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's kind of more Building like Building my Dwarven Forge setups. Right? Exactly. 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 Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're done. I think we're out of time. Mike, thanks so much for your time and coming on and talking to us. Oh, and- thank you. I, I, I love this podcast. I listen to it every week. It's, and we love you too, I Mike. adore it. And for me to be on it is, is a real pleasure. It's really, really great. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's get out of here, shall we? Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. The main characters are redhead as well, so, you know, always good. Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Anyway, okay. <laughs> let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Just silence after that. The main characters are redheads. Silence. That's <laughs> the best people are. Are they now, Jess? Are yes. they? Yes. Really? And you wouldn't be biased in that at all? Nope. You're not a redhead now because you've got those highlights that I didn't notice last week. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned it every time since. Because <laughs> you told me off for not noticing it. D- oh my so god! So now I'm no, making sure no, that you no. know that I can see. No, them. that is not what happened at all. And I was saying to you this three times. That is not. It's fake news. I'm not having it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>